0: Oh God, do not
1: record this? Can we please not record this?
0: <laughs> no, we're… <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear God. <laughs> I, I, I'm enjoying what our engineer is watching. He seems to be very yeah. engrossed in um, improving his tech skills. I
0: want I, I want you all to know, like uh, those of you in TV land who don't know how the podcast sauce is made. But sixty percent of producers and engineers are just watching stuff that they shouldn't be watching. <laughs> While while supervising our...
1: (laughs) Hey, anything that improves PV's hand-eye coordination and, uh, you know, improves his technical acumen, I am completely on board for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand-eye coordination. Also, you know, when you
0: really study the video, you get to learn a lot about editing techniques, um, you know, really uh, figure out, like, appreciate the quality of sound mixing.
1: Yeah, I I feel bad for our listeners. They can't see it, actually. (laughs) That'll be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh. Um, okay, so. Uh, what are we talking about today? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is the first episode, of, essentially, of Three Point Landing Quarantine Sessions. We're all recording from different locations. We've been stuck in our house for a month, and... Well, we're going to be talking about whatever we can think of, because let's face it, yeah. there's nothing happening out there. I mean, no good news anyway. So we are forced yeah. to turn our nerdy impulses inward. This is now our kingdom. This is our life. So you want to go first? What have you been up to the last month?
0: Me, uh, other than, you know, the, other than the responsibilities of making sure we don't all like st- uh, starve to death in our in in, in our condo I would say that the last thing I've been doing is just playing a lot of video games like uh, I haven't been reviewing for too much gaming the video game website or blog that I uh, write a low for uh, for Mm -hmm. about a year now Right? look at me now now I'm available
1: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, actually I I've I mean, I gotta be honest, I've been doing kind of the same thing. I mean, um, for those of you who don't know, I left five years in advertising recently. Um, I picked a really great time to be without a salary, may I just say. But um, basically, what that means is that um, I'm not in the office until two, three, four in the morning anymore. So now I am rediscovering my love of video games, honestly games that i've had on the shelf for like three four years that i started and just abandoned um i am actually playing through now and um yeah it's what has been keeping me busy i mean in between um in between trying to do the the occasional freelance project or um, keeping a comic book store running
0: i mean i would like to i would i would like to uh sort of reassure you in the sense that you're saying it's a bad time to be out of work i would say that this is quote unquote the best time to be out of work I mean assuming you have the privilege to, to, to still be comfortable in spite of it because had you still been working with the agency you would be you know tearing your hair out trying to make things work around the quarantine situation which isn't a knock against anybody who has wonderfully been able to adapt to the, to the circumstances around us but it's just you know it's just mm-hmm. you were thinking to quit and, and you know at least at least it's not a time when you know you would have had to like make it worse for you
1: well, for me, working from home isn't necessarily a bad thing because even before mm-hmm. I stopped, we were already working remotely twice a week. Okay. So I see uh, we're kinda you we're all we're all ready and armed for working remotely, working off site. That's not an issue, that's not a problem. But what is going on now, interestingly, is that people are apparently and um, not any specific agency, mind you, but a lot of businesses People are burning out from the whole work from home thing because now there's just no division between work and home. And now people can cram in more meetings in a single day because they don't have to worry about little things like getting from point A to point B. They don't have to sit through traffic anymore. So whoever's in charge of scheduling their meetings just puts them them one after the other. So people are dropping like flies. Mental health is all over the place. Nobody knows how long it's going to last. And I think that's making a lot of folks anxious
0: yeah yeah, you know what? Um, it's funny because like uh, when this started happening, when work from home became the status quo that all the businesses had pivoted to, one of the things that ha- that, that really came up in in conversations about this is, oh, okay, so those of us who were disabled, handicapped or were caregivers for um, people who are in our in our loved ones or family who are uh, struggling with conditions. You guys wouldn't make allowances for us to work and to, to to contribute to to labor, but now that a majority of able-bodied workforce can no longer participate, that's when these companies decide. Oh wait, you know what? Now suddenly we can work from home. Right. And that's that's annoying. But okay, so let me take this and bring it forward and say, like, well, you know, in the end, it's a good thing. At least it happened anyway. But here's the thing. My biggest concern in the future, when all of this is hopefully over sooner than later what happens when corporations and uh, employers start to encroach the same kind of bad faith practices that they do in the office into into the work from home space so imagine like you know uh, you have to struggle with having your, your 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 home office starts becoming a space for surveillance efficiency mm-hmm. and all of that stuff you know like right right yeah we we have taken for granted that when we go into the office we are operating on, on on company property, company time, and everything is being policed for efficiency's sake. And I guess through some, you know, capitalist logic, I guess, whatever, we can concede that. But what happens when it starts happening at home and we no longer have authority over our homes?
1: That's exactly it. Um, yeah. Once upon a time, you know, not so long ago, home was a place that you would go to get away from work. That would be a no work zone for a lot of people. But now, there's, yeah. there's no divide. It's indistinguishable. You know, you get up out of bed, you go to your breakfast, you go to breakfast, you go to the <laughs> dining table, the living room, whatever. That's your office now.
0: Yeah. Some of us just roll, roll, roll out of bed and directly into work. I mean, I'm sorry to call you out, bro, but I. it would not surprise me to hear that when you wake up, Misha, when you wake up, <laughs> you open your phone and you answer the emails.
1: <laughs> I... Categorically choose not to answer that on the grounds that it may implicate me in a court of law. <laughs> but yeah, you're 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 right. I mean, some people, um, myself included. I mean, I I am I am perfectly honest about it. I mean, it's difficult to draw a line. It's hard to say no because mm. it's there. It's in your face. Something needs doing. Something needs attention. Something needs answering. And if you can, then why not? And then, <laughs> but the thing about that is, if you say yes to everything, it, it, it adds up. Yeah. It adds up. And then at the end of the day, you're like, why are you exhausted? And you have only yourself to blame. So, on that note, I'm happy that I'm not, that I'm not fully, I'm not fully, impl- okay. I, I don't mm. get me wrong. I miss having money. I, I, I yeah. sincerely miss having a salary. But, mm. um, I like that I am not um, suffering the brunt of this wave of negative mental health that's going around. I feel bad mm. for the people who are, but I am grateful in a roundabout way that I'm not a part of it because um, I think I've 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 served my time <laughs> essentially. So
0: yeah. So anyway, um enough existential angst uh, <laughs> I'd say <laughs> let's move on to uh something i'm really excited to talk about like everybody who's been listening to the past I'd say seven eight episodes of uh, three point landing know that between the two of us I am a passionate uh passionate lover of the game's medium like you know as a whole, and uh it's incredibly exciting for me to hear that uh, you have finally found time to to play. More games and sort of like catch up with the medium that you've fallen out of step with for the past half decade.
1: Well, here's the thing. I mean, yes, I, I'd fallen out of step, but um, I was always kind of aware on the. It was always on the peripheral. I mean, it's not like I was wanting for for consoles or for major yeah. titles. Major titles. I just didn't have the time to devote to them to pay any attention. Yeah. To to, to that's real. That's quality. real. That's why. I mean, something I told you the other day. Right. It's like. I have all these games that I've been consuming, like, at a ridiculous pace over the last three, four weeks. And as much as I wish I could say that it's stuff that I bought for the quarantine to tide myself over, the truth of the matter is, it's stuff that I had lying around. It's stuff that I had lying (laughs) around that maybe I started two years ago, and then I just stopped because I was too busy. And then now I go back to it, and I breeze through it in three, four days. I'm like, oh, okay, not bad. And a funny funny side, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. <laughs> no.
0: Well, you're lucky. You're a lucky. You're a lucky guy because, like, you know, you, they say save for a rainy day, and here you were, like, you know, stockpiling for a for a, for a slow for a
1: slow month. <laughs> ah, well. I, I, nobody <laughs> could have seen this coming, honestly. That's true. That's true. That's true. Which makes it rather. Um, that's why something that I think is kind of funny um, about what you said earlier about companies who are making their adjustments. For uh, people to work from home or to accommodate people working remotely. Um, Something that's interesting about that is that companies and services are now making accommodations or concessions that they previously had maintained were impossible. Like, for example, um, internet providers in the States have, by and large, lifted their data caps just to keep people in front of their Netflix Mm. or to to encourage people to work remotely. Just to keep them indoors, because mm-hmm. um, their quarantine is nowhere near as strict as ours. Now, if those mm-hmm. service providers could have lifted these data caps years ago, then why didn't they? Honestly, or if <laughs> a lot of these employers could have let people work outside the office anyway, and guess what? The sky didn't fall. Then what did they really lose, like from continuing it in this manner in a, you know for the foreseeable future, even if there wasn't a quarantine?
0: Yeah, I mean I don't want I I don't want to alienate everybody here by turning everything into a leftist critique of capitalism, which I am very which I am very favorable to, but that's neither here
1: nor there. I'm sorry, I just saw the platform on Netflix. That's another thing I'm doing. I'm watching a lot of Netflix.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you know, but yeah, I, but clearly these corporations and these employers, they just they just only change their mind when they realize that the bottom line and the economic flow, like the, the continuous. The machine would was at risk of being utterly compromised, if not gutted, if they did not let people <laughs> have the conveniences that they're giving them.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are saying that this is this isn't so much a trial run for the way offices and businesses are gonna be running in the future, so much as it accelerated a process that was already happening. So, mm. you know, with traffic and and, and um the deeper penetration of um, (laughs) smartphone usage and high-speed internet in the country. I heard you giggle like a (laughs) 12-year-old. Three-point
0: landing! Uh, So, so what have you been playing lately? Please, enlighten me. This this crazy, wild journey on the PlayStation 4 where greatness awaits.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. Um... First, what did I do? Okay, I played Ghostbusters Remastered. It's like, you know, the 10-year-old game that came out on the Xbox and on the PS3. Now it's it's on PS4 and it's still good. Um, I played Spider-Man all the way through. Like, 100% all the way through. I mean, I unlocked all the, all the crazy outfits and all that stuff. I played through Uncharted 1, 2, 3, 4, and then <laughs> <laughs> The Last of you know, Us.
0: Hey, hey, you're missing, on a, you're missing a fifth Uncharted game, by the way.
1: Um, if you can ship me a copy, then I'll happily, gu- I'll happily run through it.
0: All right, all right.
1: <laughs> um, at night, I've been getting murdered by ten-year-olds. I think on Modern Warfare. Um, it's done nothing for my ego. <laughs> and right now, I'm halfway through Jedi Fallen Order.
0: Oh, that's great! You're halfway through. Cool,
1: cool, cool, cool. Halfway through, which is actually it's a funny thing because like the games I've been playing, I mean you can. I have basically gotten a crash course in the last five, seven years of video game storytelling. It's ridiculous, honestly. And you can really see that evolution. Yeah. Ghostbusters is a 10-year-old game. And then Uncharted came out in what, 2013, 2014 or whatever? Uh, Uncharted 1 came out in 2007.
0: Which
1: one came out in 2013? Um, I think think part three. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fourth one came out 2017? Part three, I, was, part 3
0: was 2011 or 2012. Last of Us, uh, the original Last of Us, came out in 2013.
1: That's okay. Okay, see, I got the dates mixed up. But yeah, you know yeah. what's what's incredible is that, um, and even with Spider-Man, I mean, just seeing mm-hmm. how games um, are largely indistinguishable from their cutscenes now. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I know I sound like a complete noob, but... Um, I am enjoying the heck out of this. I love the seamlessness of the storytelling. I love the, the immersion that happens. Like for the first time, I actually feel like I'm playing through movies. Now, I know that to someone of, you know, of, with your, your lofty standards that Uncharted or Last of Us may not be the deepest of, of, of gaming experiences, but I genuinely enjoyed the feeling of immersion. I was completely invested every step of the way that I couldn't ignore the wonkiness of 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 the the controls I could ignore some of the shortcuts that it took as far as gameplay goes um yeah I mean I love that technology has gotten us to this point where we can feel for these pixelized pixel based characters like they're flesh and blood I I did not expect to get (laughs) to get invested I just (laughs) wanted to shoot bad guys
0: I I always joke joke about this with my wife Uh, we always say like when we see like something really amazing looking in a game, we go like, "This is it! We've done it! Nothing better can ever be achieved." <laughs> 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 Knowing, and you know, the joke being, we know full well that a year later, that's going to be completely untrue.
1: Okay, help me out here. This is something we touched on when we talked yesterday, but uh, I, I just want to bring it up now. Um, <laughs> I, I have a love-hate relationship. With Fallen Order, and it's driving me crazy. Now, this is a game that we were excited about last year. We were excited for it um, when it was announced that it was going to be a one-player experience. It wasn't going to have microtransactions. Um, it was going to be something that would um, totally put you uh, face first in the whole Star Wars experience, right? That, that, that's what we were promised. Yeah. And um, from all the trailers, from all the the, the marketing that was done, by and large, it looked like another one of those games in the vein of um, Force Unleashed or even uh, Tomb Raider or Uncharted. You know, third person, um, a robust action mechanic, something like Arkham, the Arkham series, right? Except set in Star Wars, basically. Now, that's not entirely what we got. And this is where I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it because it's more like Bloodborne or, uh, you know or Dark Souls, or even you know the, the Metroidvania genre, honestly, uh, where you build up your skills and then you double back in the same landscapes, the same planets, the same maps, and um, you can um, take on obstacles or foes that uh, previously would have been impossible. So basically, you're, it's just a constant matter of leveling up and remembering where you've been and retracing your steps. And you know what? I love that. I love that I'm able to do those things in a Star Wars context. It's, it's something we've never seen. We've seen, we've already seen Force Unleashed. We know what it's like to be a third-person badass Force wielder. We've already seen, uh, you know, um, we've already seen uh, stuff of that of that kind. So we didn't really yeah. need another one. So I love that the developers are trying to do something different. I love the living daylights yeah. out of that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> honestly. But,
0: uh, no, I I I I love it too. Like I mean, what you're basically saying here is that you know uh, they did give us a, a third person action adventure, but the kind of third person action adventure they gave us wasn't necessarily what we were expecting. In the sense, that yes. it taxes you in ways that aren't you know conventional. But because in in some ways, uh, you know, I love the I I do think the Uncharted series are well liked for very good reasons. But these games also kind of hold your hand a little bit. For the sake of having the most, you know, exciting and accelerating experience possible. And this isn't to say that Uncharted games would, are without challenge, but they don't nearly demand that you quote unquote work for it the way a game like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or Bloodborne or Dark Souls do.
1: Oh, undoubtedly. I mean, if um, the perfect um, Uncharted is a well-made summer blockbuster movie, honestly, it's something Mm-mm. that's easy to digest. It's fun to run through, you know, it's not going to change your life. But you're going to have, you're going to enjoy the hell out of the experience. Yeah. This one is trying to do something a little bit more in-depth. And I I really love that. The only trouble. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead. So where do we, so where do we land it with the, with the, with the part that you don't care much for?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's where the hate part. Okay. That's what I love. I love that it's doing something different. It's more than what we were promised. It's different from what we were promised. Uh, what I hate about it is that sometimes I feel that I'm fighting the controls. Now I mentioned yesterday that I was spoiled by playing five Naughty Dog games in a row, but I realized <laughs> I, I realized that okay, that's due to a couple of things. One is the tightness of the controls on Uncharted and on Last of Us, and the second is the um, the precision of the platforming mechanics because they are polished. They, I cannot complain about the platforming mechanics in any of those games. But um, I admit that the they were designed with the casual gamer in mind as far as Naughty Dog is concerned. So they're mm-hmm. a lot more forgiving than a lot of others. But I realized also another reason that I'm being so particular about the controls of Fallen Order is because I also played Spider-Man. Oh, God. Yeah, right? Spider-Man controls We didn't even bring that
0: uh, up yesterday. (laughs) Spider-Man…
1: Exactly. That's what I said. I mean, I thought about it after we talked. I realized it's not just because Naughty Dog spoiled me. It's because I experienced what the hell pristine control feels like. And I just don't get that from Fallen Order. Spider-Man controls like like a dream. dream, Yeah, I was saying
0: saying the same thing. Controls like a dream. It's (laughs) fantastic.
1: I mean, Spider-Man… I mean, we've played games for like the last 20 years where you're able to swing through the city as Spider-Man, but you've never been able to do it with this level of um, finesse, with you this know, level of, um, of, of, of um, polish. It's incredible. You know, so,
0: if it weren't if it weren't if it weren't stale, if it weren't like if it weren't for the fact that Spider Man came out over a year ago, I would be glad to do what I'd call a spoiler cast of Spider Man with you. <laughs> but moving on, uh, it's funny because like I I think one of the, the struggles with Spider Man historically is that if you played Marvel Spider Man, the new one PS4, it actually people celebrate it a lot, but it actually doesn't play. Conceptually, it doesn't play very differently from the other Spider-Man games. You know, up is up, down is down. There's yes. swing buttons, yes. wall crawling and all that stuff. But they somehow manage to slightly idiot proof it. There are times mm-hmm. when the wall crawling can get a little bit naff, but they don't, they make sure to not put you in a situation where you do too much wall crawling because, you know, to and, and land yourself in a bunch of hot water. But that has always been a problem in other Spider-Man games. What, what Insomniac games did really is to go like, all right, what can we make right? And what can we not make right and, if, uh, and and take those portions and make sure they're not part of the core experience.
1: Yeah. Um, and I like that. And like I said, it didn't necessarily do things that hadn't already been done. It just did them yeah, so yeah, yeah. well that you forget about anything that came before, honestly. Yeah. yeah. That's it's how funny the Spider-Man when, game was.
0: It's funny because when, when they released when they released uh the first trailer for Spider-Man, like and they, and he did the rhythmic combat thing where you, you know, with the you know circle X triangle circle. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this is this Arkham Asylum? <laughs> I love I have this
1: game to- <laughs> when, it Ar- when it was called Arkham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you no, know, but I was I that was that for me was a point of celebration. You're like I would joke to my wife, I'd be like, you know, I, you know, Batman Arkham, Arkham City is great. But what if he was Spider Man? <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I was like, "Whoa! Look, there it is! There it is! It's all I yeah. wanted." <laughs> Spider Man was great, and the fact that it had a great story to back it up it just made it even all the more worthwhile. I have to admit, though, I'm 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 sorry, but I was kind of let down by the DLCs in Spider Man.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I liked it. I can I, I I can imagine why some people wouldn't. I think it's because I was already invested in the yuri watanabe character to really like the story but i know some people are just like eh, this feels kind of peripheral
1: <laughs> it really did the dlc yeah. absolutely felt peripheral because it was just more of the same kinds of missions and i was like do, do you know the sheer amount of repetition you need to do to get 100 percent? i mean i know you do so <laughs> i did not need to be doing more of the same
0: <laughs>
1: um, but, but that's just me maybe if I played it six months apart it would have hit me differently instead maybe, of maybe. instead of like three days apart after finishing the main game
0: Mm-mm. I mean this, again this is another kind of conversation entirely for me I felt a tremendous amount of empathy for the Watanabe character in the first in the base game and in the second game like that's and that's personal that's and that's personal in the sense that I I thought I connected with that character you know, and therefore, it made it easier for the game to be for the DLC to be better for me. But anybody else who does not connect with that character, yeah, that's, that 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 DLC is not going to work because Black Cat isn't that interesting either.
1: <laughs> no, she's not. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you would think. I mean, she she's well. well <laughs> she's she's well acted. <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm, let's say mm-hmm. uh, you know, I got issues with the facial mm-hmm. animations of this game. Mm-hmm. I love everything else. It's just their faces I can't get over. It's like... Uncanny Valley. Li- <laughs> it's not just that. They look like, and I I, I've, I mentioned this to PV, actually. They look like people who were CGI'd by aliens after <laughs> having heard descriptions of people. So <laughs> technically, they're fine. But yeah. there's just something wrong. It's not just the Uncanny, va- uncanny, the it's not just the uncanny Valley. It's just that Mary Jane just looks. I'm sorry. She's very plain. She's not a head turner in this game.
0: I think what ha- what what you know. I think you're right about that because I feel like Naughty Dog's games, as much as I like, they they stylize their animations, and so does um and n- n- um Insomniac Games has also stylized their animations in their previous game Sunset yeah. Overdrive. So right. even though even though Nathan Drake is photorealistic, yeah. there's a way that he cocks his eyebrow and smirks. That isn't the way a real human does, but it's the way a cartoon does. That makes it actually more relatable and more human. If you catch my drift.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can chalk if we chalk that up to the direction or the mm-hmm. the animation team. Honestly, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Or maybe just because Naughty Dog has a really good um, synergy between those departments. I don't. Know. I'm on.
0: I'm. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on animation. I would give all the credit and praise to Naughty Dog's animation department, which is also um, one of the most heavily crunched <laughs> animation teams in video game business. But that is we'll, true. We'll I feel.
1: I feel so bad for them. Actually, don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, their working conditions are horrible. But they yeah, put out such beautiful stuff. Yeah, didn't, I just wish that they didn't have to kill themselves every time to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, maybe one day we'll do a labor in the game industry episode.
1: Who knows? Which brings me to why, in the name of all that's good and clean, am I playing Archie from Riverdale as the Jedi in Fallen Order?
0: Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I know, right? I even he I is
1: was, uh, he is Archie from Riverdale. Look at him.
0: I just thought he looked like the face of mouth-breathing incels, but that's just me.
1: <laughs> you think everybody's the face of mouth-breathing incels? Well, if they're pasty white, yes. <laughs> Look at him. Okay. He's so pasty. He's so pasty. He looks like glue. <laughs> I don't know. You know, so, know what's weird so about... You, you know what's weird about... What's his name? Cal? Cat uh, I Cal don't Kestis. Thank you. Cal Kestis. You know why? He's so bland. He is so Mm-mm. incredibly bland. Okay? Um, everybody around him has a better backstory than him. Everybody. Everybody's better acted. Everybody's more interesting, everybody has more motivation. He's just like he's just there. He's I, not he's not an interesting character. Even <laughs> that, that disgraced Jedi master he hangs out with is more interesting. Even her her dark side apprentice is more interesting than he well, is. Well
0: also also Deborah
1: Wilson who plays well, yeah, that, that's, that's fair. Deborah Wilson's
0: amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. I'm not sure if you've ever. I'm not sure if you played enough video games yet, but Deborah Wilson to me is a rising star in video game acting because she's a she's a she plays the Jedi Master here or the you know um, and in Wolfenstein <coughs> she plays like an uh, an American rebel and she is great in it and I think she has a lot more big video game roles lined up all meaty, juicy, like angry you know character roles.
1: I was gonna say that I loved her on Mad TV. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She's also hilarious. She's also hilarious on Mad TV. And also one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where she doesn't even show her face once. She's literally oh. a voice. She's a voice on the radio. And you just fall in love with her because she brings so much passion and emotion to every performance. Um mm-hmm. even if it's something as stupid as mad TV. It, it yeah. really comes through Even when it's just her voice That you're hearing You really feel hey, there's, Matt, a, there's a real person On the other end yeah. Even if the animation Isn't like You know As lifelike As some of the other games That we mentioned um, Her yeah. vocals Bring it out
0: Yeah yeah. Uh, you, know, you know We're Bringing up Mad TV here I, was, I just want to say I actually enjoyed Mad TV The problem was that Half the people there Didn't have talent <laughs>
1: Hey! Yeah. Don't, you're, other, you're being mean uh, to Bobby uh, Lee. <laughs>
0: but the, other uh, are, but the other half are, but other half are excellent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I won't say can, who, but we can do another episode on Mad TV. But we can se- commentary Mad TV. But seriously, I mean, okay, going back to my main issue with Fall in Order, besides the fact that the the the, the lead character the is, a plank, is a plank of wood and the controls I love Miss Swan oh okay our producers bring, our engineers bring up a picture of Miss Swan that is awesome she's the the voice of the mom and family guy
0: I was right yeah <laughs>
1: Okay, you were saying yesterday that maybe because the, the Naughty Dog games put more of an... The Uncharted especially puts more of an emphasis on platforming so that's a good reason that their platforming controls are more refined. Uh, is that... Was, was I right in my recollection? I think... I cannot deny that I
0: said that. <laughs> I no, don't remember.
1: I'm not making a fight. I'm just that.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say a freaking fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying if you said I said something ingenious, I'll gladly
1: take credit for it. <laughs> Y'all yeah, go screw yourself, all right? But seriously, I mean, like, for example, just doing something as simple as swinging from one vine to another Fall in fallen order, I should not need force powers to do that. <laughs> well, don't you need the force powers to pull the rope? Anyway, I, I, yeah. but not at the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. you're able to swing from one rope to the other. But now yeah. but but because the 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 I don't know what, what 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 term am I looking for? Because the physics are so wonky Phys- when he lets go of the rope, you don't know what direction he's gonna go. Yeah. So when you get force pull you find yourself doing it as a matter of self-preservation whenever you go near a vine because yeah. you cannot trust him to, to jump from one, to swing from one to the next. I mean, little things like that. I'm like, I shouldn't have, or even in combat, you were talking about how, about the rhythm-based um, combat in Arkham, the Arkham series and in Spider-Man. Those are works of art. And But I'm being honest with you, I even had more fun with the, with the melee system in Uncharted 4 than I did than I am with the combat here. Mm. If I didn't have a if I didn't have a lightsaber to make it look cool, I, I wouldn't even bother. Honestly, well, you know, I really
0: think that. I, well, you know, I stand by the combat of this game, but I think you are gesturing at something real here with the fact that, um, as you said yesterday, the controls were something you struggled with, and then there's also an issue which I'd like you to bring up that you brought up uh, yesterday, which yes. is the the performance of the game on the bog-standard PlayStation 4. Now, the play st- the game is meant for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and the corresponding, um, you know, intergeneration devices, PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. And it seems uh, that the game, like, and even on my PC, which is powerful enough to run games at their most medium level, like, I thought the game felt like it was held together by paperclips and glue. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, my but, feeling. But, okay, that's okay. my feeling about the game. <clears throat> and so, if it doesn't feel great on the PC, I can only imagine how weak its performance is on a regular PlayStation Four, which is hardware that is over seven years old now.
1: It is over <laughs> seven years old, granted. Um, mm. But my here's my thing. Okay, my issue with this game is that I don't care if it's. Um, I don't care if the PlayStation Four is older tech, but I shouldn't need a fancier PlayStation Four. To enjoy something that is ostensibly made for both, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it. Like, because that that is very... That's, that's incredibly uncool. That is incredibly uncool that I am playing this. And <clears throat> I can understand if you tell me that the PS4 version looks sharper, looks clearer, looks more detailed if I run it on a PS4 Pro. But if I'm regular- running it on a vanilla PS4, I don't think that I should be treated to what is essentially a slideshow at times because yeah. that's how bad the frame rate gets. Yeah. I mean, it's only for a few seconds, but the fact that I have to wait for my game to catch up with what I'm doing, its I mean, w- what year is this? <laughs> I mean, that's isn't, that, isn't that the whole point of going for a console in the first place that you don't have to yeah. worry about what's under the hood? This is why I don't, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't have a gaming PC, but if I did, I'd probably have to be updating it or upgrading it every six months but you assume that you don't have to with a console. Exactly. Like I
0: think I think it's not just you assume that you don't have to with a console. What I really think is going on here, and I touched on this, is that it feels sort of like dishonest to the consumer to say, here, we made a game and it is intended for all of these devices. Yep. And what some of the devices that it is quote-unquote intended for uh, are the worst places to experience them. The ones that deliver... The subpar experience, all because the people in charge of publishing and development couldn't resist the urge to say, "Hey, we're going to sell this on that platform because there are 10 million people who own regular PlayStation 4s, and why would we want to turn down an audience base like that?" That is, that's um, that's disingenuous to 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 pretend that your product is serviceable on a on technology you know is already too antiquated to handle it.
1: I agree completely.
0: And this is a trend that I think is 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 emerging now that the generation of console ga, gaming consoles generations usually historically have lasted five years. Right. Uh, this is what the lo- the last generation lasted about seven eight, 10 years, awesome. and then this, this one will the last, last one? about
1: seven. Right. Oh, sorry, this one's yeah. lasted seven. Right. 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 And this and one the- has
0: lasted seven years, and they're pat- they're 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 padding it out. They're making it last longer. Because they don't want to give up those install bases, you know. They don't want to. They don't want to make every. They don't want to have to wait for ten million players to, to, to grow back again.
1: Right, right. Which I think uh, brings up another important topic, which is the release of new hardware. Because I don't think we're going to get any upgrades to these to these consoles anytime soon. Um, the next generation it hasn't even been um, presented to us fully yet. And um uh, I don't think that it's gonna happen anytime soon with the cancellations and the delays of everything due to the coronavirus
0: all right so I can I can I can speak to that actually Go um so first of all you know uh, the Xbox the Xbox and the playstation do actually have plans for the next generation lined up yeah um, I don't I don't think it's cool what's going on right now but we, I uh,
1: absolutely hated that PlayStation Five presentation. I'm sorry. I I yeah. just I don't know what the hell that was for. That was designed to put people to sleep. They didn't that even show us anything.
0: <clears throat> hmm. There are two ways we can go about this conversation. <laughs> One is to critique <laughs> the PlayStation presentation, which I am very willing to do. <laughs> and the other is I to just you go might. over the uh, you know go over the the, the loose notes. Um. The best we can expect right now is that the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox uh, Series X will come out by the end of this year. Um, Now, for good reasons...
1: That's the best-case scenario at this point. Yeah,
0: for for, for good reasons, pundits are worried, thanks to the COVID-19 epidemic uh, shutting down many factories in China and sort of, like, uh, making it impossible to prep factories for manufacture of the consoles and get all the parts lined up. Um, Bloomberg. Bloomberg issued a report saying that the consoles may come out in limited quantities at the end of this year. So that's the most, that is the most best concrete news that we have. Mm -mm. But it's still also not
1: great. Yeah, it's Uh, really not. Because, um, well, companies like uh, Google and Microsoft are moving out of China, for example. So how is that going to affect their production lines, their supply lines?
0: Yeah, Microsoft still is is still firm on the release of, of having an Xbox Series X out this year, but they have not gestured to what their plans are going to be in the light of the COVID-19 epidemic. And we do have stats and all that stuff. Like right now, the, the, the specs are that the Xbox Series X will, will have more muscle than the, than the PlayStation 5, but the PlayStation 5 will be faster uploading. loading. And um, what's funny to me, this generation, is that Microsoft has been very transparent about the details of their console and and everything that's been coming out. They've sort of been doing the whole drop the veil so that we can make up for the mistakes we made last generation. Whatever. The yeah, but the, report, the report's going on with PlayStation, apparently, is that I have a good word that they waited too long and executives are pissed, which is that they had hoped that Microsoft would not show their cards. And because they did... They are unable to show the PlayStation 5 in the way that they want to, because they're worried that they're going to look like they're copying Microsoft, because apparently the, the, the PlayStation 5's cooling is not going great. It's, over, it's overheating right now, and the best way to make that heat distribution work is to build a tower. <laughs> and if they do that, even though even though it's not, there's nothing wrong with building a tower, people are going to say the dumb statement of, and you know,
1: they copied Microsoft. This sounds. You know what this sounds like? Their heating Mm problem? It sounds like the Xbox 360 back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, because that thing, I mean, that was ridiculous. Wait, is this the Red Ring of Death? That was part of it, yeah. But the whole fact Mm -hmm. that they had to put the power source outside the main unit because there's just no space for it on the inside. I mean, you know, that shows Mm -hmm. a lack of foresight. Yeah. I
0: mean, we could talk about this in a future episode, which is that… Personally, I am I am more willing to bet on Microsoft right now. They have more to gain than to lose. In, I think that's the, only the, because their last generation sucked. Mm, their last generation did r- severe missteps that alienated their customer base. But I, I, been, I was a
1: faithful Xbox. Uh, I had a, I had mm-hmm. an Xbox, I had Xbox three hundred and sixty, um, and after that, I got a PS four because you know, yeah, there was just nothing attractive about Xbox platform except I, I, I want to say Gears of War honestly that's the only thing that Mm-mm. I think I'm missing out on well, here's what here's what's
0: interesting that Microsoft is doing and I don't know if you talked about this in a previous episode I feel yeah. like I ended up talking but you can so tell me Like, what is interesting is that they've been building the Xbox platform to be more of a systems agnostic service where anybody can play yes. their games yeah you do and, okay, yeah, and, ga- and, the, and the Game, passed, uh, and the game like Pass and I like that I like that yeah. I do that's well, super I,
1: I, Yeah, and I even like that the overtures that Microsoft… well not really overtures, sorry. The gestures that Microsoft has been carrying out with Nintendo, for instance. Mm -mm. Um, They've been… Okay, now Nintendo hasn't exactly reciprocated, but what I like about Microsoft is they've been very open to sharing their IP with Nintendo. Like, right now, they're they're letting uh, people on Animal Crossing… Um, wear outfits with Xbox logos, for example. As of a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago, I think. <laughs> and that's just one example. Other, um, what else? Um, what Microsoft exclusive that games did they put on the Switch? I'm trying to remember. Look, uh, Cuphead was available on, on the Switch. Yep, there we go. That was that was yeah. an olive branch, if um, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and
0: you know the, the fact that the Game Pass has become bottomless value. Yeah, and. Yep. Um, because they're more interested in growing a large user base. And I'm interested these, in that.
1: Very interested yeah. in seeing where that goes actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I could I could sing my 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 positive uh reception my, my, my pluses on Xbox all the live long day right now. Yeah. But here's the thing what makes me concerned is that it's not like PlayStation has lost its footing That's necessarily. True. They still have they still always deliver. Great first party exclusives. They give these people a lot of money and a lot of creative leeway to make the game they want and make sure it performs exceedingly well on yep. the PlayStation console, even on the box no standard PlayStation 4. But the thing I've worried about them is that when it comes to features, they have become a reactionary company. They 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 put in the streaming service, they, this, they put in this uh remote play streaming service into the PlayStation console years ago, but didn't do any effort to develop it. And then only when Microsoft started showing that they were really, really serious about it did they start make trying to upsell that service again.
1: Right. And then right.
0: same thing, same thing happened with the crossplay thing. Like they all they have all the technology and 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 the resources to make interesting things and features for the PlayStation platform. They're just never motivated to do it until they feel like they're threatened. So they become a reactionary company in that regard.
1: <laughs> Which is odd because by and large, they have the largest fan base honestly exactly the yeah
0: they have a strong you know in multi-generation generational fan base you know. they've had
1: the largest for what the last three four generations at this point and you
0: know you, any executive executive can say why would we develop that service why would we develop that feature people might not use it anyway and you know but and the counter argument i have to that is you have a captive fan base you have a captive audience they exactly. will if you if they, they, If you build it, they will come. They will gladly evangelize they your will, service. They will
1: put up with whatever experiments you throw at them. Basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now is the time to take chances.
0: Yeah. For Microsoft, as great as their features are, the, 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 the thing that's holding them back is the uphill battle to convince people to get on the Xbox platform in the first place. For no matter how great Xbox Game Pass is, for no matter how great any of those features are, the question will always end with, all right, how do we make people pay to get into Xbox? Like the, exactly. the argument is compelling. Exactly. But, you know, they still have to open the door for themselves.
1: <laughs> and th- th- that's not all. I mean, th- at this point, you say what I meant, what I said earlier was Xbox, fine, they have Microsoft money to play with. But at this point, everything, anything that they're doing is basically a throw it at the wall and see what sticks approach because of the missteps that happened last time. I mean, you know, stop me if I'm wrong.
0: Of course. No, I think I think I think. Well, I want to ask you a question, Misha, Which is that: Do you think it's inherently exciting or interesting when companies do that? For example, I want to bring up the example of Marvel. Marvel Comics. Go Remember ahead. when Marvel Marvel Comics used to be was under was a, was about to go bankrupt back right. in the 2000s, and you're you're a bigger comics historian than me, so maybe yeah, fill yeah. me in on some of the details. And at that time, Bill Gemus took over as publisher and. In my opinion, my interpretation of his regime was just make fucking anything, and we'll see what
1: works. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's yeah, that's entirely true. The editorial and, and direction, the, editorial direction was not in a good place back then. In the yeah, like, late nineties and, and, and the early two thousands, honestly.
0: Yeah, and some of those ideas were some of those ideas were great, like the Ultimate Universe, and some of those ideas were ill-conceived marketing three ways between Marvel and uh, what was that thing that. That weird, like uh, Tom Defalco writes a book and and Joe Casada writes a book and Bill Jones write a book and they like Good, they yeah. compete to have like they have these weird publicity stunts. They had like trouble the origin story for Aunt May and and Uncle Ben or whatever. Stop like it! I'm
1: trying to block that out. I, I was almost yeah. successful. I still have okay. it here, unfortunately. Yeah, well, my what my
0: point is is that
1: okay, oh it's know, over I don't- there. It's that yellow one. Ugh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, okay, okay, cr- here's, a, here's the thing. Okay, I, I appreciate the comparison, but um, there's a difference between trying to regain an audience whose trust you lost and trying anything to get their attention and trying anything out of sheer desperation. Because I don't <laughs> think Microsoft is desperate at this point. They know they made mistakes, the okay, okay. but they have deep enough pockets that they can try crazy stuff to try and win them back versus Mm. PlayStation, Sony, which is just happy to sit on their laurels from what I can (laughs) see. Until, what you said, until they feel threatened. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, honestly, um, this is something that I firmly believe um, ever since, um, you know, ever since Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, depending where you're from. Something I firmly (laughs) believe, honestly, is that it's the games that are going to drive it. Nobody cares what's under the hood outside of programming circles, outside of dev circles. Nobody cares. That's yeah. why I thought that that keynote of the PlayStation 5 was horrible last month. Was that last month or the month before? No, it was last month. It was month. last month. And it and was I, I, boring as all hell if you were not an engineer or a developer.
0: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to attempt to defend that keynote but I do want to point out that it's clearly obvious that this keynote was not intended for the public to be see, for the public to see it it was a then g- why, did was a g- why did they promote it as such
1: why did they promote be- it as such that's what irks because me. So, because
0: yeah because somebody somebody an executive decision making was fucking dumb
1: <laughs> i mean look there's only going to be more of these online sessions with the lack of big events concerts know, are being right? canceled conventions are being canceled things are no being more done E3. online Things are being done virtually. Things are being done by telepresence. They have to figure out what their game plan is if they're going to launch the PS5. Now, we all know it's going to be successful initially, but...
0: On on some level, it's going
1: to be successful. On some level, it's going to be successful just from the existing fan base. But at the end of the day, they have to figure out how they're going to present it to us in a way that aligns with the way the world works now. They can't just keep hoping, oh, we'll do it at the first big convention when all this blows over. What if it doesn't blow over? I mean, not to be fatalistic. I'm just being, I'm just, you know, they have to act not like things are going to go back to the way they were, but they have to act like, what if this is the way things are now? Basically, what if this is how it is moving forward? (laughs) So that's a dark thought. (laughs) No, I'm just. You're you're, 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 you're right. You're right. (laughs) We don't know that this is going to be the last quarantine in our lifetime. So, if you're going to be selling us a new console that's going to help us get through this shit, get your act in order and tell us why we should care in a manner that appeals to us the the <laughs> the, the, the the consumer base, honestly, that's all <laughs> I mean, if that makes sense
0: no, no, it does it does i I agree I agree. Yeah.
1: Wow. I think huh. he, uh, I know. Wow, this 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 went in many unexpected directions. I was just going to talk about being a reborn gamer.
0: I think everything, yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I, I I get I, I think this is you know Oh wait. I think okay. this is Wait, sorry. Okay. I know you're going to you are thinking that's a good note to close on. I have one last example of how things are different now. One last example. Um, oh, no, 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 go 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 go. Final Fantasy VII. What happened to the global release? Yeah, yeah if, you know, you know what? I, well, I have a perfect had, reflection of how things have changed and how things are already different.
0: Can I can I talk about this? Because I think yeah, I think please, I, please do. I I I have been thinking about this. I haven't been able to talk about this with a lot of people. Go for it. That, I really want to hear it. Final Fantasy VII remake is incredibly fascinating. To, and I don't mean the game itself. I can talk about that in a later date. I mean what you're talking about, which is th- the way the world is now has clearly yeah. affected how we're going to how games are released, yeah. appreciated, and enjoyed. If 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 the if quarantine was not in effect right now,
1: we would all be playing it. it. We'd all be ignoring each other playing it. Oh well, what I was going to
0: say is that uh, there were, some of us got digital copies. Some yeah. of us managed to get the copies before they they, they were supposed to come out. That's But fine. here's the thing. There, if if Seven Remake came out and there was no quarantine, there would have been a massive celebration in Times Square or something. There would have been there would have been uh, parties all over Tokyo. You know what it's I mean? Like good, there would have been no? fan events. There would have been community events. Like it's all that, that good. stuff. Yeah, like and it's not just that good. That's that is the mythic status that this game. Has with some players, I'm actually not an incredible Final Fantasy fan, but I recognize the importance that this game has for millions of people, and the fact that this game came out as a sort of like, sort of like a pinched out little, you know, uh, piece of entertainment that's managed to squeeze by, you know, without just in time for the for the lockdown to really settle in. I agree. It's unfortunate. It is a, it is. I wouldn't call it an injustice, but I'm sure everybody at Square Enix was just like what the fuck we, you know our release plans are this
1: <laughs> well uh, I, yeah because the the thing with um, with everybody's um, supply lines and supply chains being disrupted is that it came out in different markets in different times if it came out at all now for me personally the only reason I don't have a digital copy is because I like I like seeing things on my shelves
0: honestly yeah so I, I yeah. Am,
1: I'm holding out as long as I can but mm-hmm. the thing is I'm sure. I am sure that there are diehards out there who had the physical copy on pre-order, the big deluxe edition, who gave in and bought the digital copy on day one because, you know, they just couldn't wait for it. And that is a sign that is a sign of evolving um, consumer habits. And and, um, it really is just screwing up. Traditional ways of marketing, traditional ways of release, and that's exactly what I meant. that PlayStation has to get on board. Sony has to get on on board and figure out how they're going to sell us the next console.
0: I want to circle this back actually to something else you said earlier, which is that you know, like okay, so a lot of people were not able to get the copies of the game physically yeah. Due yeah. To, because they were because they were locked in. They were locked into pre-order, therefore it's, they got physical copies. Now, right. what we need to go back to is that whole uncapped. Internet data thing, which is that, you know, those of us who bought it on digital, we had to wait and download it for like how many hours or how many days, you know, uh, because our internet just, you know, because companies won't give us better internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is where the whole part of being a third world nerd comes into play.
0: Yeah. It, I was 85 gigabytes. It took me like two days to download this fucking thing. And I'm, and, and it's a review copy. So that means, you know, I'm on the clock right now to get this done. Past the embargo.
1: <laughs> that would not have taken me anywhere near as long, but I think that's because of the disparity in the providers and the locations of our services. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which, uh, yeah, it really sucks. You're right, it really does. We have one of the world's most expensive um, telecommunication setups, and we have essentially the world's worst service, or one of the bottom one of the bottom uh, of the list in, the, in terms of global quality. Yeah. I think we have, like, the world's sixth worst internet or something. Oh, that's a relief. Only the sixth worst <laughs> Oh, man. Dude, I bought... Uh, I was in the States two years ago, three years ago. I bought a burner phone with a month's worth of data. Um, no, no, Well, whatever. It was enough to last me for a month. And I, I paid, like, something like $54 for it. And, you know, it by and large was better than anything that I get from my existing plan here my existing plan here with a fraction of the data access and a fraction of the speed and it's just I don't know why we put up with this but it was, but it was a $54 burner phone which
0: means at the, at, at the conclusion of your stay you threw that phone in a waste basket and exploded into a fire am I right?
1: <laughs> no I did like Breaking Bad you know I snapped it in half because that actually <laughs> because that stopped people from tracking you <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay,
1: so um thanks everyone for um coming over to listen to us um in quarantine. We hope you guys are staying safe. You hope you guys are staying healthy. And um I guess let us know in the comments what you guys are up to, uh how you're keeping sane and what's entertaining you these days. Wash your hands too. Before or after they entertain themselves. <laughs> Ooh, no. Ooh. And with that, Anisha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew, and this has been three point landing. landing. Oh my God! Did we just say that at the same time? And is 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 that a thing now? Is that our thing now? Oh. Well,
0: why not? Or we can delete the delete. Which one of us sounds less cool? This episode of Three Point Landing was produced, recorded, and distributed under quarantine by Big Baby Studios. Follow us on Facebook at Three Point Landing PH.